Hello, everyone. Welcome to the ISV Society podcast. I'm so excited for my guest this week. We have Asher Matthew, CEO at Partnership Leaders. Welcome, Matthew, to the ISV Society podcast. I mean, Asher. <laughs> all good. All good. Oh, my long. goodness. <laughs> I, I don't know if the audience actually knows how long we've known each other, but we've known each other forever. So it's great we to see have. you. We have. It is great to see you too. And it's been a long time coming since I've asked you to be a guest. I keep having it in the back of my mind. I'm like, I got to ask Asher. I got to ask Asher. So All finally good. I did. And you're like, yeah, I'll be a guest. I'm like, awesome. Because we uh, should talk about a lot of things, especially partnerships, because obviously we both have a passion for those. Absolutely. Absolutely. And great to see you're doing well and the work that you're doing with the ISV Society is uh is is needed and uh and then congrats on it thank you same here you have grown partnership leaders exponentially over the last year i feel like it's exploded which we will dive into a little bit but yeah. first i would love for the audience to get to know you and tell a little bit about yourself yeah so um in my current role i'm the ceo of partnership leaders i'm also the one of the founders of partnership leaders and uh, uh my journey started off, uh, I'm an immigrant to the country, and my journey started off as uh, going to school for computer science and then moving to sales. And then I was fortunate to be part of a couple of acquisitions and then go public with a company that we were both at uh, mm -hmm. called Avalara. And then uh, and then my, my big, big, big hypothesis was to move to the Bay Area to learn the go-to-market playbook that most startups and scale-ups are using. And uh, and then I found myself at a point in my life where I questioned, where do all the partnership leaders go to learn about the best practices and share their success stories and share their failure stories? And there wasn't. So I took the B2B playbook that I've learned and applied it to a domain that I understand well, where I have some connections because there's a big need to recognize, celebrate, and support the partnership leaders. And that's how I ended up as a CEO of partnership leaders. That's very exciting. And I feel like partnerships, as you know, because we've both been in a very long time, is the key to anything, right? Building yeah. that relationship and having partnerships, no matter who it is. It could be partners, ISVs, customers, fellow colleagues. I mean, everybody should have be, partnerships should be at the top of everybody's list. Yep, yep. I think. Well, and, and and they are right. I mean, yeah. if, if you look at the stats, the 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 number one role uh, or in or in demand role for, for that LinkedIn uh, published is the chief growth officer. And if you look at the attributes of the chief growth officer, the top two are partnerships. Mm -hmm. And then number twenty seven is also head of partnerships. And then if you look at the local results from uh, from the same polls, then uh, and I just looked at Seattle's. Uh, and uh, partnerships was number nine, but the first one was director of growth. And if you looked at growth, it was partnerships and marketing. Yeah. And so, so, so there are roles where you have partnerships dedicated, to, uh, dedicated people that are working on partnerships. And then there are your roles where you have partnerships and something else. Yeah. So that kind of dives into our question. First question, partnerships. Yeah. There are all different types. Can you go into that? Elaborate on that. Yeah, so where I've landed with this question is to keep things simple. There are three engines for a company, right? There is the company engine where sales, marketing, customer success, and partnerships lives today. There is the product engine where engineering and uh, 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 product uh, and UX and all uh, um, that group lives. 
And then there is the company engine where the CFO, the legal, the, uh, the, the chief legal officer, the chief human resources officer, like that function, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and to me, there are company engine partnerships that you can build, which often results in investments, right? Yep. But the but the two that we know of really well are the product partnerships, which result in co-building product. Um, and then there are customer partnerships, which result in co-selling, co-marketing, and co-serving. Yeah. And so, mm -hmm. so if you look at it from, from, from what you're building, which is a company, and then you look at the three different portions of a company uh, or a B2B company, um, then those... Part, those partnerships become very clear depending on what you want to do in which part of the company. Love that. Yeah. So, yeah. So like, like you know, partnerships are the key or the foundation of everything. I feel like it's especially in a company outside a company, whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so, so if you think about it, the partnerships have a horizontal impact based on what I just shared. And if you think about it, AI also has a very horizontal impact. Mm -hmm. It's a higher priority impact today because it focuses on helping efficiency yep. of, a, of, a, of a business. But if you took AI away in the current macro environment, partnerships would be number one. Yeah. And you don't right? need AI for partnerships. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's a win. <laughs> Yeah, so I agree with you. Uh, partnerships are very horizontal. Mm -hmm. Okay, so in regards to the direction of the ecosystem, how has it evolved? Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> what's happened over the last six years or so is there has been way more technology created than technology consumed, I would say. Mm -hmm. right? and, uh, and if you think about it, the there's been lots more uh, workloads that have moved to the cloud and people have taken on these digital transformation initiatives and companies have taken on taken on the initiatives and and so you have an have a world where you have companies who have moved their operations into the cloud and you have apps apps that have been created like lots and lots and lots of apps that, that have been created mm -hmm. right and especially in the zero interest rate environment you had tons of cash out there and people were getting funded left and right to create apps. Now, inherently as users, you and I think in workflows because we think about what our day looks like. Mm -hmm. And when we think about what our day looks like, we think about the features from all of these different apps that we need to use to get our jobs done well. And so all those apps have to talk to each other. Yes. And so when they have to talk to each other, they have to be integrated. Mm -hmm. You could integrate them yourselves. You could integrate them. Uh, other people can create integrations. There's like a number of different ways to create this product partnership. The way, so what happened is that what has happened is there has been a bigger need for integrations, both of new technology and legacy technology. There has been a need to move workloads or business processes into the cloud. Mm -hmm. New business models have been introduced. And so what's happened is there's a bigger opportunity to, uh, or sorry, a bigger need for product partnership people 
than your traditional go-to-market partnership people. And, and so all of a sudden, the people that were creating integrations and working on integrations became way, 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 way more popular. Yeah. The problem was there's very few of them to start with, start off with. And as the world continued over the last couple of years, large companies realized that they need to go and work with all the other applications inside of their customers, regardless of how big or small those companies are. So they needed partner people that were more product oriented than go to market oriented. Interesting. And so you had like, like over the last couple, 24 months, a number of channel leaders that were asked to retire. And, and I think it's because those channel leaders were amazing at commercial models and deploying resources to manage a channel. Mm -hmm. But then if you look at the product partnerships and you look at the product partnerships network, if you want to call it, there weren't enough people that could do that. And so company said, okay, we need a executive that understands both and is also focused on optimizing relationships. Right, because if you look at a CRO, the CRO is optimizing revenue. That's that person's job. Yep. If you look at a chief marketing officer, mm -hmm. that person's job is to optimize markets. Where are we going to play? Where we're not going to play? What messaging? What offers? And then you look at the partnership leader or the modern partnership leader. That person has to optimize relationships. I used to say monetize relationships, which is like when you and I used to uh, work together back in the day, I used to use that word, but I think optimizing relationships is actually the better way to, way to say it because you can't have, build a relationship with everybody. No. Life, pers your personal life is a proof of that, right? It just doesn't work. Right. And so for your business life, you need to work on optimizing relationships. And so you need leaders who can look at the channel as a very go-to-market function. <clears throat> You need to look at a, a, a the health of the channel and to make sure that they're successful. So you need to provide programs and services that, that they're healthy with. But you also need to look at the product partnership side and say, what does my roadmap look mm -hmm. like to support people building with me or on top of my platform? And what do I do to go build with others? Right. Because my customer's asking for one company to support me, not seven different companies. And so, so where we have come now to sum it up, you know, we are in a world where you have partnership leaders that are very savvy, both on the commercial side, which is the go-to-market partnerships and savvy on the product side. And, uh, and, and to, in my humble opinion, then if you're doing that, you should be elevated from a channel chief to a chief partner officer and you can have a buy-build partner conversation because you're already on that path. Right. Love it. So would you say then that partnership leader has to have both of those functions now? They, they do. So mo yeah. modern partner teams, okay. if you are a, 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 a leader at a, and let's call it an innovative startup or even at some of the larger companies are doing this, right? They're, what they're doing is, they are bringing the different types of partners together 
under a chief partner officer. Okay. And it's a trend right now. The we we just did a report called the state of platforms, and we we have data in there that shows the unification of the services in the app marketplace. We have the unification of the different partner teams under a leader. We have some leaders now reporting directly to the CEO. Right. So so all this change is happening, and I think it's a transformative uh, journey that we're on because there are macro trends that warrant this change, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you can get lucky by being putting an amazing product out there, but we both know for you to achieve scale, you need a macro trend that a lot pushes you into the market and into uh, into success. And so uh, I feel like, and actually I believe this is our time to upscale, up-level ourselves as partnership leaders and drive the change required internally at companies and uh, and then and then go become a senior executive. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a way, great way to move up the ladder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and, 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 it, and it's very natural. You know, it's it's not forced. And, right. And, 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 cert- and, and maybe, maybe it's not applicable to all the companies out there, but it's certainly applicable to every company that requires integrations. Yes. Yeah. Which a lot of them do. Yes. <laughs> At least the ones that I work with. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. So obviously this podcast is called the ISV Society Podcast. So why yep. is partnerships important for ISVs? Yeah. So ISVs have a challenge, right? So in the early stage of your company, you need to find product market fit. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you have two ways to, to get to product market fit. You can say, I am going to go and spend a bunch of advertisement money and attract a bunch of people to me and my product that I'm thinking about. And I will get to scale by, or get to product market fit by just trying to close as many as I can and then try to renew as many as I can. And somewhere in there, will build an amazing product. The other way to do this is I am going to go sell direct, but also look for partners who can sell my product. And whichever route got me to customers first validated the need for my product. Mm -hmm. Because if you go do it through a partner who wants to keep selling your product, not only did they validate your product because they sold it to their customers, but they also created another revenue stream called partnerships. Right. And so, so you have benefit of both. Now, if that doesn't work and you went direct in a different segment of the market, you still were able to find product market fit, right? So that's, I would say the early stage conundrum that you need to solve for. Then you move to mid stage and let's call this growth stage. And at growth stage, you say, well, um, I am now looking to expand my business into different countries. I also want to expand my business to other parts of a customer's business. Mm-hmm. And I want to think about what my second or third product would be. Right. And so, 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 so if you want to expand to different parts of the world, rather than going there yourself, you can use partnerships. Exactly. And if they are 
working well, there's no need to put your direct teams there if your customers are happy with buying and being served through those partners. Mm -hmm. Right. Again, you just create a very efficient company that generates a lot of cash that returns it back to the stakeholders because that's what capitalism is all about, right? Like you have to generate ca get cash, yep. generate cash, give it back to stakeholders, right? So so the so so if, if we if we if we think about it from that angle, you want to expand into different markets for growth, you go do it through partnerships. You want to expand to different industries, you go do it through through partnerships. You want to uh, even enter different segments of the market. Maybe you play in SMB and you want to mm -hmm. go to enterprise or you play in enterprise and you want to come to set to the SMB, you leverage partnerships. And that's the growth story, right? And then the last piece is the scale story where if you are a very large company and you are now saying, look, I'm hitting a plateau in my growth. I do need to come up with other products or I need a defense mechanism. Then People building on top of you allow you to extend your value proposition mm -hmm. and give you insight into what else you could build. And also, you could go acquire one of those companies to help you get to the next uh, to 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 the next uh, uh, stage of your growth. So it's 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 interesting to see the different use yeah. cases. But if you look at it from a pure angle of growth at lower cost <laughs> you know yeah then 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 you utilize this methodology to um, get to product market fit to grow and to scale i have to say the last couple of years when i've been going to events there's definitely been an influx of companies coming from other com countries which never really happened in the past right yeah yeah so they are definitely trying to expand their growth, which is awesome. I love seeing that. I think it's great. Yeah. Okay. So to wrap it all up, obviously, we'd love to hear about partnership leaders. What do you do? What's the direction, the focus? Yeah. How, if someone was interested in learning more, what, yeah. what what should they do? So, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell a little bit of story. I know we have we have a few minutes left. Uh, no worries. And I, I think it, it's, it's actually timely. Uh, as well, and because you have known me for a very long time of my life, right, uh, which I'm very grateful for, the way, way, way back in the day, uh, when we were both in the Dynamics ecosystem, right, uh, and you were working for Blue Moon, is it, and I yes. was working for Notice, right, yeah, and uh, and 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 back then, even. Uh, uh, and I'm sure we talked about this because I definitely talked about this with everybody that I could possibly talk about this, right? There was no place for the emerging sales professionals in the dynamics world to go connect with each other, learn best practices, share success stories, share failures, right? right? So that need was not met there. So I created the Microsoft Dynamics Sales Professionals LinkedIn group, which is which and LinkedIn had just started back then. And there's about 2,000 people in that still. So there is a community that exists for Microsoft Dynamics sales professionals who all connect with each other still. And uh, and and given that it's LinkedIn, you did not have all the bells and whistles of a very rich multimedia platform, but at least the connections are still mm -hmm. right? yep. So let me fa fast forward a little bit further and you go to uh, WPC 13, right? Microsoft Worldwide Partner Conference. And that conference has 20 or 30,000 people. And if you think about it, the emerging leaders that go to that conference don't have any 
material content that helps them become seasoned or senior leaders. And so uh, Katie Quigley and Phil Sargent and the Carl Noakes, uh, all these amazing people were very grateful for giving me some time in WPC 13 schedule. And we had uh, Steve Clayton, who was Microsoft's chief storyteller. And uh, we have Doc Sai, who is the chief brand officer now for Avpoint, a very successful Microsoft uh, partner. Uh, we, ha we had David Mimmer Scott, who sat on the board of HubSpot. We had Peter Bauer, who's the CEO of Mimecast. He just announced his, his uh, uh, retirement. We had Susan Hauser, who uh, uh, led Microsoft's enterprise uh, sales group back then. Um, we uh, and then I spoke on stage with Carl, Carl uh, with Phil Sorgen about the need to cultivate leaders, and a thousand people came to that session. That's crazy. Right? So, so that was another point in my life where I said, "Wow, well, here's another data point, technically solving the same fundamental problem that I was trying to solve in my notice days." Yes. Right on top of my my job, right? And so now, fast forward that to um, post lean data. And uh, and and I found myself the same way. Like I, I became an exec, and then uh, and then I'm looking for some resources to figure out how to build more stakeholder alignment, get budget, do resourcing. Like how does this stuff actually work? And where's my group? And that did not exist. So if you say where do all the partnership leaders mm -hmm. hang out globally? That did not exist back then, right? The channel leaders existed, alliance leaders existed, but the people that work on product partnerships did not exist, right? And so, so we created this community for them. And then the market said, we need more of these people, right? So we yes. got really lucky. Yes. Right? And so, so, so then we said, well, if you need more of these people, we need to, we need resources. We we created a paid program. And so today, Partnership Leaders is the global partner community for alliances, channels, partnerships, ecosystems, business development, professionals, and executives. If you identify as any one of those people, we are the home for you. Now, we have 1,500 paid members. Mm -hmm. They are in 42 countries. That's awesome. From about 1,000 companies. And those thousand companies are split between SMB mid-market and enterprise companies. We have some very modern enterprise companies, but also traditional brands like Honeywell and GE Healthcare and stuff. So, um, and now we're making a move into uh, B2C partnerships because we are partnership leaders, right? Like think about this way. When we started the company, partnershipleaders.com was available. This is how underserved <laughs> that market segment of the market was. And so, so, so we, we got very lucky with COVID. We got very lucky with efficient growth, which is the second wave that we're, 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 we're supporting. And then now we have, uh, because Microsoft and SAP recognize the chief partner officer role, we believe it is our job to produce 2000 plus CPOs in the marketplace because there are 813 that exist today. Yep compared with 5,200 chief customer officers, compared with 34,000 chief revenue officers and somewhere close to 76,000 uh, chief marketing officers today, like those, like as of today's data from LinkedIn. 
And so that's the journey we're on. We want to do everything for partnership leaders. That's exciting. There's I know. Three I, million, there's there's three million people out there. Yeah. <laughs> so if anybody wants to learn more, obviously we'll put the link in the show notes. We'll give them all yeah. that information. Certainly they can reach out to you. But it's definitely a great community. I love what you're doing. Kind of, <clears throat> kind of why I started the ISV Society because there yeah. isn't just a community yes, just for totally. ISVs. Yes. Either. Yeah. Yeah. ERP agnostic. And, you know everything. Yeah, and 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 it's much needed, right? Because there, similarly, there is no SI society, right? Right. Similarly, there is no agency. Maybe there's some agency societies. Actually, there are some agency societies, right? But but there was, uh, if you remember, there was another lady uh, who ran a newsletter uh, back when we were at Notice. Uh, I forget her name, uh, but <clears throat> but the, but there was one newsletter that focused on ISV content but it was it was again very specific to dynamics only not even like uh, and actually probably specific to great planes not even all yes. of dynamics right there was, because... an, there was the isv collective back then okay there was like a group of isvs it was called that okay maybe that yeah, was but, the but, newsletter i don't know yeah there was there, there was one lady who actually wrote and i think she lived in fargo uh, or or somewhere on the east coast uh, but it was very great planes oriented it was not solomon exapta or uh division oriented at all uh, but ISVs as a whole, still, if you think about it, there's no global community of mm -hmm. ISV professionals. <clears throat> we, we would probably be the closest to it, but we are focused on partnerships, right? We're not focused right. on ISVs. When you focus on ISVs, you need to think about what does the CEO of an ISV need? What does the CMO of an ISV need? What does the chief revenue, uh, chief uh, customer officer of an ISV need? What does the CFO of an ISV need? Like there's all the, the latest and greatest ISV business model. Hey, Amy. <laughs> That could be your colleague. It could be my calling. I got to think about this now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are there there are at least uh, half a million ISVs out there. They're all listed on the Google uh, AWS's marketplace. That could be my next uh, direction. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think you've got the <laughs> the podcast. You've got the the newsletter. I'm assuming. Uh, uh, you can build the community. You can we we'll support you building a community. How about that, right? Like okay. because we have resources and we created PL to be on this mission for partnerships. Um, although we would probably be do justice to just the partnerships section of your world, but okay. uh, this could be a thing for you. It could be. I have to look into that now. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you and thank you again for. For being on my podcast i'm so excited we get to chat and catch up so excited for partnership leaders and the growth and trajectory that's going and how you're helping everybody in this ecosystem just get better at their job and roles and creating more of those um, partnerships that we need in the ecosystem to help drive growth so thank you super well thanks for having me and thanks everyone for tuning in this week on the isv society podcast truly do appreciate it You've just listened to another episode of the ISV Society podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Feel free to subscribe and or share with your team. I would love to also hear your feedback and share any tips and tricks or topics that you'd like to hear in my upcoming episodes. Have a great week.